It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 33rd episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Over. Overdrive. This is Jill, and I'm here with Adam. Hi, Adam. How are you doing today, Jill? Good. How are you? I am doing great. So tell us about today's episode. Sure. So I sat down with a couple of our coworkers, Jim and Quentin. Quentin's been on the podcast before. Jim has not. Mm-hmm. And it was, we realized as we were recording that it was the first podcast we've ever done in the mm-hmm. office that was all guys. Right. So at first we just talked about, you know, the, the general, you'll get a bunch of book recommendations and everything at the very beginning. But then we kind of talked about how to get reluctant male readers involved in reading and our experiences with how we came to love books. And um, I mean, all three of us are very nerdy. Right. But still, I think it was, it turned into a really nice conversation about how to get reluctant readers. I agree. I think it's a fantastic idea um, because it's a challenge for parents, librarians, teachers. Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, you'll hear a lot of this in the actual conversation, but talking about, you know, getting them excited about characters that they love. You know, we have a lot of read-along e-books here at Mm -hmm. Overdrive that people can, can borrow, and they're usually characters that young people will already know and love, whether it's comic book characters or characters they've seen on, like, Nickelodeon and things like that. Right, yeah. So yeah, it was. It turned into, like I said, a really good conversation just about kind of making sure that you're champion, championing reading to young males and just making sure that you're focusing on all the groups of people that are available. But totally agree. Again, peppered in there, tons of book recommendations. Lots of, I, I even got a book recommendation for listening to it. So, so I, I actually, I want, I want to add, did you get it from, I'm guessing it was from Quentin or Jim? It was from Jim. Okay. It was the uh, the woman in Cabin 10. I read her previous book in a dark, dark wood, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize she had a new one out. So I was like, this sounds interesting, and I'm looking it up. I'm like, oh, through the way, I loved her first one. <laughs> And I have to say, I didn't tell Jim or Quentin this ahead of time, but you and I talked before we started recording. Uh, Jim mentions Ready Player One, which I just thought was hysterical because <laughs> he's never been on the podcast before. But if anyone's listened to our podcasts before, you all know that Jill and I absolutely adore Ready Player One. We do. So it yeah. was kind of funny. I did my best not to laugh. I was very. I didn't laugh when he started saying it because it would have been completely out of context for right. me just to sound like I was laughing at his recommendation, but. Yeah, that's obviously one of our favorites. Agreed. So, um, yeah. How can re- readers, how can listeners get a hold of us if they are listening to our podcast? Well, readers, too. <laughs> readers as well, yeah. <laughs> they can email us directly at feedback at overdrive.com. You and I get those and read every single one that comes through. Yes. They can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and there's a Pinterest page um, with all of the books we talk about as well. Yeah. And I do want to point out, I don't think we've ever actually mentioned this, in case people aren't subscribed to the podcast, you can find us in iTunes and really anywhere that you find podcasts and just click the subscribe button and then every single episode will automatically be on your uh, device when we post new ones. So again, we've never really mentioned that before. I don't before. think we have either. <laughs> so good job by us. Took 33 episodes to let people know they can subscribe. Yeah, whatever. Oh, well. um, anything else you want to add today? No, I just hope they find some good recommendations and maybe get some ideas if they have a reluctant reader in their life. Couldn't agree more. All right. Well, I hope you all enjoy this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. <laughs>
Hey everyone, this is Adam from Team Overdrive, and we are going to be talking, as usual, about a whole bunch of books today. Uh, we are in the office, and I am joined by Quentin and Jim, and we're going to give you a whole bunch of book recommendations, like we normally do. So first off, Quentin, Jim, thank you guys for joining us. You can't see this on the podcast, but I just looked at the wrong one while I said your voices and your names. But, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, Quentin, you have been on the podcast once before. I have, I have. Talking about sci-fi and fantasy, if I remember correctly. That is correct, sir. And Jim, you have not been on (laughs) before. Uh, So we'll do this like we always do. We'll start off with what you've been reading lately. And since you are new to the podcast, I will let you kind of kick off with the books that you've uh, you've been reading. Okay. Well, at the beginning of the year, I kind of challenged myself to read all the Harry Potter books over again. Mm -hmm. I haven't read any of them since... Deathly Hallows was first released Mm -hmm. and so I kind of wanted to go back and see if I really enjoyed them as much as I did the first time reading them and see what I thought about them more like as an adult rather than a teenager Um, and I thought that they held up really well and I was really excited to finally finish them all Yeah. Um, I also just finished reading 25th Hour by David Benioff Mm -hmm. because I really loved the movie and I was curious to see how it held up to the movie and I think I enjoy the movie better than the book actually a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, I finished up the Preacher graphic novel series. Good time. Good time. That's on yeah. my list. Yeah, it's really good. I haven't watched the TV show yet. I'm kind of afraid to because it doesn't look anything at all like the graphic novel. That's and, how Constantine was on a similar yeah, Like the I, movie I liked and the comic book I really liked, but yeah. they're very different. Mm-hmm. Except right. the show. The show was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've heard the show was really cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm a little skeptical about the TV show, but I loved the graphic novel. So, I would definitely check that out. So wait, Quentin, did you, Quentin, have you, you've read Preacher? I have not yet. It's on my list. Okay. Oh, it's on to your read. list to, to, to read. read. But yes. have you been watching it at all? I have not yet. No, okay. because, well, it came out and I'm thinking, well, no, I want to read the graphic novel first. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. I, I feel the same way because I, I, I think I like kind of knew that it was a popular graphic novel, Yeah. but I was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to read that someday. Then I forgot about it. Then I saw that it was on TV and I was like, sure. oh, I really want to watch this. But now I'm like, wait, which do I do first? So I'm just like in this frozen... I watched, I think, like 20 minutes of the first episode. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I, I wasn't really sure how I felt about it. And I couldn't really get into it. And I stopped watching it. And I was watching something else. Um, I'm still skeptical about it. Because I'm not really sure about the cast. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really sure what direction they're going to go with it. Because they say it's going to stray from the comic books. And I don't know how I feel about that. I don't even know if you can do a proper TV series of that graphic novel. Yeah. And do it justice. So hmm. I think I need to kind of get away from Preacher for a little while and then okay. maybe watch the TV show later on. How many, uh, the graphic novel, how many, how many is in the series right now? Do you know? Well, it's actually over. Like the whole run is over. Okay. Because um, it was back in, it was published like in the 90s. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So right now I think they re-released all of them in their six books. Mm-hmm. And they're maybe like 150 pages each. So okay. it's not that long. And a couple of the books go really fast. Yeah. Okay. So it's something that you can definitely read in a short amount of time if you want. All right. Okay. Did I cut you off with the rest of your books? I didn't... No, I think okay. that's really about it. All right. I can think of. Um, Quentin, how about you? Well, right now I am actually reading a book called Mechanical Failure by Joe... I still count can't pronounce his last name z-i-e-j-a zija okay that's that's fair sure zija we'll go with zija i'm sorry joe uh if you if you listen to this it's not a podcast um, episode if if we get very offended if we get all the names right it's not an official podcast yeah yeah it's uh but uh anyway some of you might recognize it if you listen to my last podcast because it wasn't out yet at the time and it was one of the upcoming books i was looking forward to 
Uh, I'm probably, it looks like I'm two-thirds or so of the way through it, and it's pretty good, but it's not, like, mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm enjoying it. There's some Douglas Adams-y-like things in okay. there uh, where, I mean, like, there's one scene where he's conning somebody by telling him he needs to go clean space bugs off the sensor array, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Right. Um, so it's got some things like that in there uh, with some serious undertones that I'm finding pretty interesting. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see how they wraps it up. Uh, and I've I've also been engaged in re-listening to a uh, a long series. I, I've gone back and I've been going back through the Dresden File books mm-hmm. okay. uh, by Jim Butcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, some of my favorites. Nice. I just wrapped up Small Favor. Yeah, Small Favor, and uh, they're they're awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you guys haven't, if people out there have not listened to the audiobooks, they're done by James Mar- James Marsters, who was on. Uh, I don't know, Buffy and a couple other shows mm-hmm. and then uh, he does an amazing job with yeah. the audiobooks he's really good nice. um, but I, I, I've been kind of I was doing that during the last podcast too so there's lots of repeats well yeah uh, I mean there's yeah. a lot of there's, but, uh, there's a lot <laughs> yeah, of them yeah, yeah there are a lot of those books uh, but I've been taking breaks and right now I'm taking a break with a, another audiobook called The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers mm-hmm. uh, it's her first book and it's kind of getting a lot of hype so I figured I'd check it out I just started it um, I'm an hour and 34 minutes into it, according to my app here. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, so it's not a lot of time to, to, to make a judgment call, but there's a lot of kind of, there's almost like a Firefly-esque vibe to it. Okay. And okay. that's kind of cool. So I guess yeah. I'm embroiled in two space books right now. Yeah. Uh, but it happens. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The writing style is pretty good. Um, and, and that's always a good sign. And, the, the descriptions and intros to the characters are also very good. There's cool. uh, there's some similarities between one or two of them that are a little bit too similar, mm-hmm. but that, that happens a lot, yeah. especially early on in the book. Uh, so I'm hoping she continues to differentiate the characters and, and, and drive the story a little bit more with them. But mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. I'm also reading some Deadpool stuff again. Which is fair. Because... That's... Why yeah. not? Right. I, I got a comic book. Oh my gosh, it's called the... Uh... <laughs> It's called The Art of War, you know, like Sun Tzu, like, like Sun Tzu but, it's yeah. dead, but it's Deadpool doing Sun Tzu. Oh my Tzu. god. Oh and uh, I, it, it looks awesome. I haven't, I just picked it up and I'm so excited to read it. That's amazing. <laughs> I've always wanted to read, I mean, especially now after seeing the movie, I've always wanted to get into Deadpool comic books. Mm-hmm. I don't really know where to start. I, and should I start, there was one author, and I keep reading online that I should start with his run, but I, maybe David Ware? Is that the right name? I can't remember. I started with the one series that was like in the mid-90s. Okay. And I, I started too right after I saw the movie. Yeah. Uh, which was around the time I did the last podcast. Right. So mm-hmm. This is all tied together. I planned sure. it this it's way. all <laughs> coming around. Uh, the, uh, I need to keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. It's, uh, yeah, I don't plan that far ahead. Anyway, <laughs> um, the it, it, that's what I started with, but I can't okay. remember who it is. I'll have yeah. to look it up. Okay. I'll have to check that out. All right. Well, so I, I have a... I have a question. I want to get into something about some sci-fi fantasy stuff that I've been thinking about since you were on the podcast last time. But so the books I've been reading, I, if people are familiar with my voice, I do all of our author interviews. So I try to read all the books, or at least some of the newest books from all the authors that Seems like I interview. A reasonable plan, right? Yeah, I want you know if people are taking time to sit down with us. I want to know things about them. Yeah. So I taking a little. It's a little bit of a larger bite than I expected, but um, just finished Revolver by Dwayne Swierzynski, who will be on the podcast soon. Uh, I actually already did. It was really, really good. It's really interesting. It's three different timelines of the same family. Basically, uh, two people, two cops get murdered, and then 
three timelines worth of their family try to figure out what happened. Uh, it's really, really good. I won't give too much away because Dwayne's on the podcast, uh, so that'll come out in a couple of weeks by the time people hear this. Uh, you Will Know Me by Megan Abbott is another kind of mystery one. Again, I don't want to give away too much. She's on the podcast. Uh, both of those were arcs, so I always feel bad telling people about the books that they right. can't actually <laughs> right. access yet. Uh, and then the one I'm reading right now is Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. That's actually the second series of titles that she's writing in this same little world that she's created. Uh, it's actually, sorry, it's the first one in the second series, and then the second one's coming out in September when I'll interview her. Interview her. But what I wanted to ask you, and Jim, you read a little bit of fantasy stuff too. Sure. So... Quinn, I know you love fantasy and sci-fi. I have this, like, it's this little thing that I'm almost ashamed to admit, but when I'm reading a sci-fi and fantasy book, they usually end up being my favorite types of books because I love diving into a brand new world, and I think that my favorite of them are worlds that are, like, just impressive from the first page. But I always, when I'm getting into a brand new sci-fi book or series, I, like, hesitate because I just have this feeling I'm like, I have to learn... A whole new world. <laughs> and so I guess for me, I'm always curious for other people, and I'll start with you, Quentin. Like, is there a certain type of world that you look for, or is it – I think that's probably why fantasy titles tend to be in series, because you have to spend, like, 50 to 100 pages of the first book just, just establishing – Just like, establishing yeah, the world, doing the world yeah. building. So for you – Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's kind of two methods of world building, and I like both for different reasons. So there's two main methods, I should say. So there's like the throw the reader at the world and just let them figure it out as they go mm-hmm. method. And then there's the more token-esque, let's really slowly build this world and describe everything so you, you understand it Right. Um, type of world building. And I've seen both done really, really well, and I've seen a mix. Um, I guess there's not... There's not an archetype that I look for specifically. I actually really enjoy the time investment of, of kind of learning, or maybe less of a time investment, more of a mental investment of learning a new world. And yeah. That's one of the reasons I like science fiction and fantasy so much. Um, and uh, But who, you know, who does it probably better than just about anybody else out there is uh, Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. Uh, I mean... The way he, because he does a combination of the throw the reader at the world and mm-hmm. slowly build it, and I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody do it better. Um, Scalzi is also really good at it. John Scalzi is also really good at it yeah. in science fiction uh, from a hard sci-fi perspective. But he's he's hard sci-fi, so he's got that kind of it already jives with our world a little bit to yeah. build off of. And Sanderson, though. I mean, The Way of Kings is this crazy long book that you can't put down. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy long. A lot of it has to do with the world building and the setting. And I don't know how he kept it that fast-paced. I've read it twice. I still can't figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's on my short list of trying to get him on the podcast, people, Sanderson. Cause, and I think I, the best way I can describe it, how I feel like it, is when you, like for me anyway, again, I, I like hesitate to want to read a, a new fantasy or sci-fi series and then as soon as I do it's like watching a, a movie with subtitles like in your initial thoughts like I'm going to be reading this the whole time but then after like 10 minutes of watching the movie you don't even realize you're reading anymore and for yeah, me that's oh, the man. same thing like once I get into a, a fantasy yeah. series I am just like it just becomes second nature to be like oh yeah there's this type of magic in this world and that's right. totally normal and it's accepted so yeah. like again I it is. It's like a horrible thing where I'll put it off. I'll be like, oh, I don't really want to start this book. And as soon as I do, I'm like, what was your problem? Yeah. And then I'll get done with it. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to start this next <laughs> one. It's like a repetitive yeah. cycle for me. But. Well, that's one of the cool things about 
the Dresden Files, you know, Butcher series, mm-hmm. is is it's set in Chicago right now, but he's a wizard, and there's all these other things that exist, and 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 they, he uses that that mental block people have of accepting the unreality of the situation yeah. to build his world. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's always saying, like, people just don't want to believe it. Right. And that's a little bit about what you're talking about now. You know, you, you, it's it's hard for your brain to say, okay, I accept this mm-hmm. yeah. uh, at first. And, and uh, I, that's why I think his world building in those books are excellent. Yeah. Though I've not come across another urban fantasy author that does it as well mm-hmm. uh, yet. Yeah. But. So how about you, Jim? Do you have, like, a any thoughts on this like do you ever struggle with like sci-fi or fantasy or just yeah you know I really don't gear towards more of the fantasy element I kind of am more interested in science fiction type of novels so something like Ready Player One really interests me just from Absolutely. the video game aspect oh, yeah. of right. it oh, yeah. um, even stuff. something more like The Martian which I loved a lot of the stuff that he was talking about in the book I had no idea what he was talking about Right. I'm not really science geeky but I could appreciate yeah. the way it was written mm-hmm. but Something like, I know this is not going to sound very good, but like Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. I'm not really into it all because I'm just not really into f- those kind of fantasy elements. But yeah. I appreciate something that is more maybe along the lines of like Star Wars, yeah. if that yeah. makes sense. So like Star Wars science fiction-y aspect rather than something more like Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, I'm not really into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So You're in a safe place here. You don't have to okay. say you don't. Have to okay. Say you don't. It's all right. okay. I'm, all right. No one's going to judge you. I, I mean, I judged him a little. Well, I mean, I, I know. Okay. Right. 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 Okay. I'm used to being judged by people when I say I'm not into Game of Thrones, so right. it's fine. Right. Amendment. Right. Quit and I both judged you, but we did it. <laughs> you did it tastefully. We did it tastefully <laughs> until I'm it here. It's so. better than most people, yeah. so okay. I appreciate it. Um, and then just getting back to your Harry Potter point, I do want to point out, even though we're an e-book company, I have the illustrated... Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, Sorcerer's Stone. And it is, oh, and I'll, awesome. anytime I kind of have a break, I'll just go read a chapter of that. Yeah. And it is unbelievable. If you haven't seen them yet, they're, it's so, so cool. And I like that they're bringing them out like one a year so that right. financially I'm not like, oh. <laughs> you got to drop $200. Yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. Like, they're, not, they're not like crazy expensive, but I mean, it's they're just like, they're gorgeous. Right. So I... Yeah, every I time a, I'm I out and I see them in the store, I'm like, oh, is this the day I pick it up it's, or yeah, not? You and should. I'm getting closer and closer to yeah. that. I have a copy of the Lord of the Rings trilogy that's like that with hand painted oh, nice. paintings that were done specifically for the book. Oh my okay. god, it's just beautiful. I'm like, and I just keep it on a shelf, and every once in a while I open it, and I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the thing, especially with it being Harry Potter, is sure. because obviously I know the story. Like, I'll just literally open up to a chapter and be right. like, I'm just gonna read this one real yeah. quick, and just like, <laughs> mainly because I just want to look at the pictures. Right. But and I think the second one comes out in October. Yeah, it comes out so, in October. Yeah, not that I'm acutely aware of that but um so again i know that quinn you love sci-fi fantasy jim is there like a a genre or anything you kind of lean towards yeah i think i mean i really try to read just about any kind of genre that's out there if it's like a really good book i'll read it i don't really care about the genre but i tend to gravitate more towards like crime and mystery Mm -hmm. um and i'm not really sure what got me to gravitate towards that i think kind of growing up i was really interested in like batman and the Tim Burton movies and the yeah. Batman animated TV show. Absolutely. And I think there's kind of like mystery elements in that show mm-hmm. oh, yeah. as a kid. So I think that's kind of what really got me interested in it. And growing up, I loved the Goosebumps books. Those oh, were like the first books I read. Absolutely. Like first chapter books I read like on my own. Yeah. You know, I would read them to my mom a lot as a kid. And you know, even when I was younger than that, we would read the Berenstein Bear books together. And mm-hmm. so that kind of got me interested in reading. So I think all of that. And I 
we read a couple of Agatha Christie books when I was in like middle school. We mm-hmm. read And Then There Were None and uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. And I loved both of those books. Mm-hmm. And I think just kind of the mystery aspects really drew me in and got me interested and got me going. I, um, I, w- I will say, I feel like Goosebumps, especially for my group of friends anyway, yeah. and this is going to kind of get into something that I want to talk to you guys about. I felt like Goosebumps was the first set of books that I read that I immediately was like, First off, it felt like you were doing something a little bit wrong by right. reading them, which, of right. course, as a young kid, you're like, I'm going to keep doing this. I have this. to do this. Yeah, and I feel like my parents were probably like, oh, are you reading those goosebumps? You shouldn't be. And then they would go laugh, like, ah, oh, we got to right. be reading. Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, obviously at this point, people have can hear all of our voices. We're right. all guys. Right. Uh, and there is kind of this, like, stereotype of young males don't read, which honestly, like, right. if you look at the our numbers of people who use overdrive that's our lowest kind of like our smallest group is young males and of course we all work here and we're all avid readers but sure. so for you guys i'm all, i'm just curious maybe if we can kind of help our librarians who are listening in or parents who are listening in what got you into reading like what got you excited about reading books because i mean obviously now we're all adults that do it but as a kid like do you remember whether it was the first book or you know you oh, kind yeah. of touched on with your i mean I, yeah i kind of touched on it like with my mom a lot because I was lucky enough to have my, my mom was a stay-at-home mom when I was growing up, and we would go to the library at least once a week for mm-hmm. story time, and we would always be checking out a bunch of books, and growing up, we read all of the Berenstein Bear books. I still have a bunch of them mm-hmm. that we read, and she made it, like, fun to be reading them. You know, she would change her voice with the characters. Yeah. She made it, like, a fun thing to do that I would look forward to doing every day, and my dad and I, we bonded a lot over sports, mm-hmm. and so I remember reading every day, like, the sports page. I would read the summary of last night's Indians game, and yeah. I would read summaries on other games, and that was something we would talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of one of those things where reading was a way that I connected with my parents. Mm-hmm. And I think to my personal opinion, to try and, like, get kids, and, like, especially boys nowadays, is you have to, like, gravitate towards something that interests you. Mm-hmm. If a kid's favorite movie is The Avengers, then let him read comic books with Captain America or yeah. with Iron Man. You know, if his favorite hobby is video games, then let him read books that are based off of his favorite video games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just keeping him interested in something that he's already interested in yeah. would help. Yeah. Quinn? Yeah. Um, you hit on something else, too, in the, and that is, like, parents should be engaged. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. My parents were reading. They read in front of me. They read yeah. with me. They read... Uh, and I think that went a long way. Um I mean, I grew up before my first real books, you know, I had, uh, that was in air quotes for the, <laughs> yeah. for those of you that, that can't see me. I do that once um, episode where I'm like, oh, so, you can't see my hand. Uh, you can't see my hand. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, I, I read the Curious George books a lot with my mom mm-hmm. and, uh, I loved those. I think they've made me the obsessively curious person I am today. Uh, having Google in my pocket in the form of a smartphone is the best thing ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's it's just excellent. Uh, anyway, the the first real book though, my mom decided to start reading me The Hobbit, and uh, it was before it was before first grade, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it was in kindergarten when she started it, mm-hmm. and I think I finished it in like second or third grade. Yeah. So it took a long time. Yeah. And what we she would she would sit down and read it to me a little bit at a time every sure. night, and then uh, toward the end, I started reading it back to her. And okay. I, I will always remember that. I remember yeah. uh, we were on the way back from... I had family that lived in Easton, Pennsylvania, which is a little southeast of Philly, uh, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And um, she she was driving, and I was reading The Hobbit to her. Mm-hmm. I always remember that. And uh, 
I loved the book, and I got, and I just wanted more adventures like that. Yeah. And then I started reading books like uh, the Ralph S. Mouse series and, and, and things like that, and I just, I loved them dearly, and it just kind of grew from there. And my brother was, there was also an age gap. <laughs> yeah. My brother's, uh, my closest brother's 10 years older than me, and my other brother's 12 years older than oh, me. Oh, wow. And uh, the old, my oldest brother was very into reading. They both are. They mm-hmm. both read a lot. Don't get me wrong, but... Um, he he would give me books all the time, and my mom was an English teacher. She gave me books all the time. That really helped, uh, and I just I loved it. I loved the escape and uh, going into other worlds and things like that. I thought it was the best. I think it doesn't even necessarily have to maybe be a parent that helps a, like a kid start reading and get interested in reading. It could be someone. It could be a sibling. It could be an aunt or an uncle. It could yeah. be a teacher, or it could be like yeah. a librarian. You know, mm-hmm. anybody that gets a kid interested in reading and like just even shows them one book. And then it kind of just, you know, balloons from there. Well, and do you guys remember Book It? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I awesome. mean getting my free personal pan pizza was like right. the best thing oh, ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, obviously, like I said, we all see new people who, who loved reading. And still, if you kind of make it, like, if you turn into, like, gamification, it's like, right. oh, wait, right. I can, if I read six books, I get a free pizza. Right. Like, never mind that, like... If we were fortunate enough as a family, we, could, we ate <laughs> right. pizza often, but I still yeah. was like, ah, I can earn this pizza. Yeah. It's my pizza. If I could earn pizzas today from Pizza Hut, I'd do it, even though Pizza Hut isn't exactly my favorite pizza. Oh, it's, oh, it's, still, it's so pizza. Oh, it's bad, pizza, yeah. Bad pizza is still pizza. Bad pizza yeah. is still pizza. Um, I think something else like that I did kind of, because I felt like a lot of times when you get to be like 11, 12, 13 years old, you kind of, most boys kind of realize that oh reading's not cool I'm not gonna maybe do it anymore right something like I never had that phase because one of my favorite hobbies is video games Mm -hmm. and growing up right around that time RPG games like role-playing games were huge yes and a lot of those games the dialogue was text-based yeah so Final Fantasy 7 is one of my favorite games ever Mm -hmm. all of the dialogue in that game is text-based so you're reading the entire time right so I never had that like thing of not reading so See, no. anytime I was reading, I, yeah. you know, anytime I was doing something, I was reading about it. So I think I, this is unrelated to books, but <laughs> so my, I, Mario RPG. Yes, I think I bought, I think I rented that from Blockbuster like twelve weeks in a row. Right. So my mom was finally like, "Really? <laughs> it's just, yeah, I, you spent more on renting it than I it was know. just oh, actually buying." See, now but, I did that with the original Final Fantasy on Nintendo, uh-huh. and we we we. I remember we had late fee once. It was like forty five dollars. Yeah. I got in so much trouble. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, everyone is just like, okay, they are all geeks. I got we it. We are for, very yeah, oh, uh, yeah. For for me, I was I was kind of like you. My my mom taught for thirty nine years in third and fourth grade, and so it was very much like we we read every night. But what she did, and we actually still do it to this day, is at least once a year we would have what we call it a book date. So we would go to Barnes and Noble or Boards at the time, sure. and she would buy me. She basically just say like, okay, whatever you want, I'm gonna buy you. And she made gifts feel like like they were special to me, like they're yeah. presents. So that, like I said, even now I'm 30 years old, and we'll still go to Barnes and Noble, and she's like, pick out a book or two, and I'm like, mom, I, get, I have my own job, I can right. buy these, and <laughs> yeah. I can actually read them for free from the right. company I work for. But she still always, it's a it's something we've always done, and I like I think doing that, like obviously reading, going to the library all the time, but picking at least like once a year where, where there was a special event and right. putting that special event around books right. made me realize how special they were. Yeah. Um, so something else I'm curious about for you guys, I can remember three specific books that like were like my, oh my God moments when I was growing up. Uh, the first one was The Outsiders. I read it in like third or fourth grade and I remember being like as a third or fourth grader, like wanting to cry over everything that Ponyboy goes through. <laughs> Other one being um, Where the Red Fern Grows. 
just like soul crushingly sad. Um, and the same thing, it was in like third or fourth grade and being like literally like crying over a book. And then um, I read the all throughout middle school and, and grade school, but I didn't really get that feeling again until Of Mice and Men. And like okay. those are the three books for me that like they moved my emotions in such a way that like they, it was like imprinted on me as a kid. Yeah. So now I like actively seek out books that will make me feel that way. Um, there is a book called This Is Where It Ends that we had the author on at the beginning of the podcast and like her book is about school shootings and it's like so heartbreaking but it stuck with me. Um, 13 right. Reasons Why is another one where it's just like so, so sad that I mm-hmm. can't help but think about it. It's like other books for you guys that like you'll always remember for one reason or another from when you were younger. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. No, right yeah, I, I know for sure probably from when I was younger, you know, like pre-K, uh, probably like Berenstein Bears go to the dentist. Yeah, that was the one that always stuck out to me. Probably like middle school age would probably be, and then there were none by Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. And then I think high school would be The Great Gatsby. Yeah, because I read that I think it was sophomore year, and I remember having kind of the same feeling you had with A Mice and Men. It just kind of floored me, and yeah. I was just. It's still to this day. I know a lot of people give it flack, but it's still to this day one of, if not my favorite books of all time. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys wouldn't like me much. I, I, I'm not a big Mice and Men uh, or Where the Red Fern Grows person. But that's okay. okay. I'm sorry. We're not uh, judging I mean, yeah. Like I mean, me with you, can, you can judge so, me. Yeah, it comes back to you. Jim didn't like Game of Thrones. You, it's yeah, okay. You don't it's, like... I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Um, no, uh, I, I, I am something of a diehard optimist. So to me, reading books that don't, that, 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 that are targeted specifically to make you sad, uh-huh. uh, uh, I don't like them. We are, sure. we are so, so we so are comically opposite. Of yeah, so it's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. I love so, being depressed at the end. It's of like uh, no. just as a, I know. before I give my three books as a counterexample to 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 that is is uh, a lot of people really love what's the name of the book? Um, oh, oh, I just had it. It's um, it's always described as an adult Harry Potter. Uh, um, you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Uh, yeah. It, the main character even has a name that's almost the same as mine, Quentin. It's especially except he spells it differently. Um, oh, it's gonna drive me nuts. I'll think Is of it in a second. Yeah, it's fairly recent. But the I hated it. I, it people really like it. It's really well written. Uh-huh. Uh But the protagonist is just such an asshole. <laughs> and and I just I just want to I just, the whole time like there's one part in the book where he almost died and I was I was listening to the book. It was an audio book. Uh-huh. I was listening to the book while I was walking my dog in my neighborhood, and I was literally yelling out, "Get him! Get him!" <laughs> and I was, I was like, I, I, I was cheering for the, the quote bad guy to, to take out the protagonist. And I, oh, there and, are people listening to this right now screaming out whatever the name of this book yes, is. Yes, right. There are angrily. There are, and I, oh, it's gonna drive me nuts. I'll think of it randomly five oh, minutes. You're gonna from think now. of it like but, tonight at like eleven yeah, thirty yeah. right before you fall asleep. Uh, and, oh, it's cough. Gonna drive me nuts. Um, it's super simple name too. Uh, anyway, um, but the books that really stuck with me, the first one was definitely The Hobbit because of the story mm-hmm. I already told. Sure. Right. Um, that really got me into reading. I have like this honored copy I keep on my shelf mm-hmm. that I don't let people touch, okay, and yeah. like it's it's yeah. it's the one I read and it's in perfect condition. I, I'm totally crazy about that book. Uh, uh, and uh, let's see, Ender's Game was huge for me too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which does have some seriously emotional wrenching things. Yeah, sure. I, I there's, really, some, there's some moving. That is, it there. is not. It's not the happiest. It's book not the happiest book no. in the world. So it, it, uh, 
I think that the the way they try to make up for what what happened in the latter books mm-hmm. uh, helps me a lot with that. But uh, I, I the book really stuck with me because of how old I was at the time, and I don't remember my age, but it really resonated well. Sure. Yeah. Uh, unlike Jim, I I I used to read. I went through this phase where I read like all the '90s Star Wars books, mm-hmm. okay. and uh, so I was always carrying those around with me in middle school and <laughs> high school, and uh, I got made fun of a lot for that. I didn't care, but right. uh, reading Ender's Game around that time really was like nice. it was resonant, dealing mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. bullies and, and and things like that. Yeah. Um, and and uh, this is gonna sound totally crazy because the author is totally crazy, um, but but Battlefield Earth of all things, uh, <laughs> wow, there's a uh, it's um, by L. Ron Hubbard, yes, uh-huh. the founder of Scientology. Yeah. He was this was before he founded Scientology. Uh, he coincidentally gave a speech about how religion is the ultimate scam, and you could totally make millions and millions of dollars off religion. Then he got laughed off the yeah. stage at an Ivy League school for saying that. Yeah. Then he founded Scientology <laughs> a little later. Yeah. Hmm. I he think left it's almost yeah. like he knew what he was doing. Almost. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the uh, the there's some parts in that book that first of all the structure of the book is really interesting and it's one of the first books where I actually took an analytical view of of how a book was structured mm-hmm. uh, and, and the way he builds the builds the problems in the book there's not like one steady arc it, it's it's a problem then that gets about a quarter or a third of the way solved and then there's another problem mm-hmm. and then they kind of layer like that yeah. and they kind of go away while there's three other problems before the problems working in the background sure. and um it, and that's around the time I started to think that I wanted to to write myself, mm-hmm. okay. um, which is why it, it resonates with me. It's not because it's necessarily the most amazing book in the world, mm-hmm. uh, though there really are some. It's not bad. Yeah. Like if you haven't read it, it's surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. And the the uh, movie was awful. So just oh, so you that. have seen the movie? Yes, just oh, just ignore that part. <laughs> Um, so bad. If you can get past the only the only thing that's really not great about Battlefield Earth is the super cheesy names. Like the main character is Johnny Goodboy Tyler, and eh. and the there's the aliens are cyclos. And uh, I mean, but 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 that's kind of like the world building stuff. Like right. eventually, I mean, yeah, yeah. If you'd have told me twenty years ago, I'd be obsessed with books that uses the word muggle as like a normal. Like it's just like you know, right, no matter true, what, right. no matter where you're. Uh, my favorite character is named Dumbledore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, exactly. Okay. But <laughs> once you once you get past the names and the fact that it was written by L. Ron Hubbard, uh, it's yeah. it's it's actually pretty good. But yeah. it, it was mostly because of that structural analysis where I, yeah, I think just to kind of circle back to like getting young boys to like reading something. I just want to touch on that. I, you said you used to carry around books and people would like make fun of you, but you mm-hmm. didn't care because yeah. you seem and I knowing you a little bit, right. you're a confident person. You don't care. I'm the same way. Like I never cared what anyone thought about me, but a lot of people do. Right. And so I think what's really important is, con- is making sure young boys know that, like reading isn't uncool. It's a, th- it's, right. yeah. it's first off, right. it's awesome. But I mean, it we is. all know that, but just like can, you know, telling them like it's okay to read. It's, you know, yeah. that's what's so great about eBooks is, you know they can have their tablet out, and if they if they don't want people to know what they're reading, right, they're good they to go. To. But right, but can, like, convincing, and that, was, and that was part of my problem. It was the fact that I was carrying around Star Wars books all the time. Yeah, and like, right. And back then, Star Wars was a little less cool because yeah. it was in that phase between the movies, between and, the movies. Like, and, and then it was in the nineties. One came and, out. Yeah, but I but I think that's such a, <laughs> <laughs> but that is that's such an important <laughs> thing to, yeah. to point out to to young readers. Like, hey, look. Don't be ashamed that you're reading. You know, right. You should you know, be proud of it. Right. So that, right. that just really... Well, and I was always taught 
like from an early age that books were almost sacred things. Yeah, you know, like, right, the, right. Like it was never described yes. to me as oh, just read this story. It was like this. Right. This will take you to a new place. Mm-hmm. This will this will help you imagine things that you could never imagine before. Yeah. And, and the, they almost held that you know this higher level of existence for mm-hmm. me. I mean, I'm I'm overblowing it. But in my head, it's still that way. When I go into when I go into a bookstore, I get this just tingly feeling. Oh like, yeah, and, I'm like, oh, this is. And, and I mean, even though most of my books are digital nowadays, almost all of them I read yeah. are digital. I mm-hmm. still get that feeling. I walk into that store, and I right. just I could spend all day. Oh yeah, there's no we. My wife and I always joke because we'll go to um, there's a place where we all live. It's called Crocker Park. It's just like a big outdoor right. yeah, yeah, yeah. shopping mall, yeah. and they have a gorgeous Barnes and Noble in there. And anytime we go to Crocker Park to do some shopping, she's always like, "Well, let's just stop and get coffee real quick at Barnes and Noble." <laughs> and inevitably, and it turns into a forty-five. We're just sitting there for forty-five yeah. minutes, yes. and like we won't see each other because we'll both be like sitting in an aisle just like reading a book yep. deciding if we want to buy it so no right there with you there's i i know we all talk about you know obviously we love reading ebooks because we're a digital company but if you're going to a library if you're going to a, a bookstore there's always going to be something special about right. yeah. walking in and like right. the smell and like the yep. the sound like that like eerie quiet because you know yes. everyone's just like slowly turning pages like yeah yeah right there with you even the even the air quality is different because when you speak it comes out differently because of all the paper yeah and, and like it's just yeah there's so many tactile things about mm-hmm. walking into a bookstore for sure yeah um all right so for you guys are there books coming out in the near future that you're excited about things that you're looking forward to reading there's so many <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right well um, by all means I don't know. I don't know when this is going to go live, so I don't know if this book might be out by the time this goes live. Uh, this Thursday, we're recording this out on okay. Monday, so it'll be out three days ago. Jim said what you're about to hear. <laughs> so three days ago, Jim said that he was really excited for the Woman in Cabin Ten to come out. Okay, which comes out Tuesday, which is tomorrow, the, the day so, we're recording this. So two days ago. So two days book- ago, the Woman in Cabin Ten came out. This book is available. Yes. <laughs> Continue. Um, of course, I'm very excited for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Yes. Which I think comes out at the end of the month. Yes, it does. Uh, a couple other ones. The Couple Next Door, Two Days Gone, Heroes of the Frontier by Dave Eggers, uh, Lincoln and the Bardo by George Saunders. Mm-hmm. And he's one of my favorite authors, but he has only ever done short stories and like novellas. So this is his first full-length novel. Hmm. So I'm really interested to see what he can do with that. And two of my favorite authors probably ever are Dennis Lehane and Stephen King. And I don't know what they have coming next, but they are two of the authors that I will just try and read anything, anything that they, they come do. out with. That was actually going to be my question, if, so. if you have authors that yeah. you read anything by. So that's a good list. Uh, Quentin? I've honestly got so much on my current to-read list that I've purposely not looked at the stuff that's coming out. Um, <laughs> my good I, my Goodreads to read right now is like 235 books. Oh, that's God. what I mean. Like, I'm so, so I backed up. So I just accepted the fact that I will likely <laughs> not ever up. get yeah. through all of that, and I'm just going to keep adding That's okay. Time. Well, see, now that I listen, to, I, I listen to so many audiobooks that I can actually get through a good chunk. But see, I have this weird okay. thing where if the book is, if I'm excited enough about it, I have to actually read it. Yeah, sure. Instead of just listening to it. Uh, but anyway, that list is long. Uh, that being said... There's a few authors um, that I know have stuff coming out relatively soon that I will just read. Uh, yeah. So like, like the next Dresden Files I think is due out this year. I could be okay. wrong. Um, and and I love the series. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. Um, there's a uh, John Scalzi is working on some something that he's that he's being <laughs> very closed mouth about. 
Uh, I know that he's not going to release a novel this year, but I, I think he just released some short stories, or he's going to. Um, I'll probably pick that up. And, of course, Brandon Sanderson yeah. is just awesome. I'll, I'll read pretty much anything he puts out as well. I think he's due... I don't know... I know he's working on a novel that he's got a draft written of because mm-hmm. he keeps teasing it on social media. Uh, so there's going to be something soon. And uh, those those guys, I'll just read whatever. Yeah. Um, there's a couple new authors I also want to check out, one of which I'm just started. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. Yeah. It's really the title that grabbed me. I'm it's like, a good... That's a good that's title. That's a cool title. It's a very yeah. good title. And, uh, uh, you know, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, Andy Weir's reportedly working on something, too. Um, hmm. And I'd really like to read whatever that is. Yeah. But there's no timeline on that. Yeah. For me, I'll read just about anything that Neil Gaiman writes. Any novel he writes, I'm good to go. Actually, I haven't, yeah. I haven't read his... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's usually a safe yeah. bet to, to say amongst people, uh, especially around this office. Yes. And then um, for me, uh, he's only written three books so far, but Pierce Brown, he wrote... Okay. Um, oh, Red Rising, the yes. Red Rising trilogy. I just read that trilogy right. not too yeah. long ago. So I am reading the third one, um, juggling it with everything else I have to do for the <laughs> podcast, but reading the third one, and he's writing another trilogy that's set within that world. So oh, perfect for me. I don't have to learn yes. a new fantasy world. I don't have to go through <laughs> my whole... Right I don't have to juggle my whole emotions sure. beforehand, but um, uh, he's... I was a big, I'm a big fan, at least thus far, of the, the Red Rising trilogy, yeah. so he's earned kind of, I think, moving forward, anything he writes, I, I think probably his, read. I think his key to that was, like, I had a few, uh, again, I, I've got, I've taken, I, you know, I don't want to sound like a schmuck, but, you know, I, I've, I've got a master's in writing, and I've, I, it's kind of like my job to pick writing apart often. It is. So I kind of, I, had, I do that automatically, Yeah. and I, I had some issues with some small things that he did, but his writing style, his his cadence and his uh, sentence structure in the Red Rising trilogy and uh, just the verbiage he used and the way he um, characterized the perspective through his tone. Yeah. Uh, not to sound all technical and nerdy. Uh, was <laughs> was uh, We've just was spent, nerdy, really, sound nerdy we've just spent like 35 minutes sounding technical Ner- and nerdy. Nerdier. Right. Yeah, nerdier. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, was really well done. Mm-hmm. And that was his like first... I mean, Red Rising was his first book, yep. and, and uh, it's his first series, and I'm really interested to see how he matures. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, his publisher gave him a three-book book deal on the basis of like a description of this first book. Wow. So that never happens, and I believe no. that there's, I believe it's getting treatment for. I mean, it makes sense that it would yeah. be for a movie. For a movie, so. Um, but yeah, he's like I said, he's kind of one of those for me. As well. It's written very movie esque, and it's Absolutely. actually it's actually some of his scene work that I those are the only issues I had yeah. some minor stuff with the scenes where he would forget to tell you that someone's in armor or well, there's one scene I remember where the dude was in armor and then a minute ago and then a minute later he's not like, yeah what well, how did that how, happen? what happened right. yeah uh, but those were very tiny mm-hmm. and uh, and I know that when I describe it here it sounds it sounds big because how can you just immediately get out of power armor that takes a while to put on but uh, it, it, in the in the context of the book it, it's it's they're very small problems yeah. he, did, he did a really good job cool awesome. there's my tangent yeah well um, <laughs> now that we've gone through all these I will tell everyone that we will have 
of the, all of these titles we've recommended are available at overdrive.com. I will have a full list out that people can kind of discover. So they, if you spent this whole time frantically writing down or searching for these things, my bad. I should have mentioned that at the beginning. <laughs> um, but Jim, Quentin, thank you guys for chatting and offering up some book recommendations. I'm sure everyone will appreciate it. And this is literally and officially our first ever kind of guys only podcast so i appreciate you guys cool. being first so yeah thanks for having us yeah absolutely right. i love talking books yeah I, that's kind of that's what we do all around this office that's where the podcast yes. came from anyway it was just everywhere you go every cube there's people talking about books so we're like you know we should probably make this into a thing so all right guys well i hope you enjoyed this episode of the professional book nerds podcast uh jim quinton thank you guys for joining us thank you yeah, thanks Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.